Hi there. This is Holly. And Daniel. And you're welcome. You're, <laughs> you're, you're welcome. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome to listen to Halfway Saints. <laughs> Which you're currently doing. Yes. Um, <laughs> sorry. Were you going to say welcome to Halfway Saints? Yeah, I couldn't our, decide, oh, okay. so I meshed them together. Story of my life. I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. You're just a mesher. I am. Um, but I hope everyone has had a great beginning to their week. Mm-hmm. It's Monday night instead of Sunday night. I was going to welcome them to October because it's October now. You can, you're still allowed. I know, but you cut me off. Oh. Welcome to October, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the start of fall. Not, yeah, officially in September. It is? Oh, good. Yeah, it's like September 26th or something was the first day of fall. Oh, old news. But now it's like cool in the mornings and it's like it's for nice. real it's for leaves real fall. are falling oh mm-hmm. that's how you know that's why they call it fall no i actually prefer to call it autumn do you because then you can say autumnal i do like autumnal mm-hmm. what what other things would you would you say fall like uh, you'd have to say fallen no you don't no one yeah, ever says descri- that to no describe something that. that has experienced a fall would no. be fallen no, that's, you're no, you're wrong. <laughs> that's why you should just say autumn. It's, it saves you the trouble. You're the one who started with saying fall, so you're not really listening to your own advice. This, you're making a mountain out of a molehill, Holly. Oh my goodness. Anyway, we uh, apologize that we're a little late to publishing a podcast, mm-hmm. um, but we have quite the story for you. Um. Yesterday, we had a little bit of an accident in the Girton household. It was shaping up to be a beautiful day. Uh, you know, you're looking at me like so you, There's just so much intro to to the story. Oh, well, I mean, I, it's a, it was a big accident. Yeah. Yeah. What? You hit the table, and I was trying to tell you oh, not to do that. Oh, don't hit the table. Oops. Sorry, everybody. Thump, thump. That's what, you, <laughs> that's what they heard. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Okay, so it was going to be a great day. Jack had taken two naps. We had lunch out all together as a family, and Daniel was just about to start making dinner for us all to eat together, which normally Jack goes to bed too early for us to eat all together. And Jack and I were playing so happily in the living room on the couch, and I was tickling him, and I was wearing the funny hat, and he was like, he was just having a blast. And then all of a sudden, I go to like tickle him again, and he... When you, like, go to tickle him, he, like, freaks out. And he was laying on his back, and I was going to get his belly really good. And he flipped over and launched himself off of the couch and head first into the coffee table. Mm. And that resulted in a big gash over his left eye. Yeah. Like a big, big, big one. So we had to rush him to the ER, and he got seven stitches. Yeah. Seven stitches. Oh my gosh, I'm crying. I'm to cry. <laughs> it makes me so sad. He's fine though, and he once we like got him to the hospital, he like calmed down. And while we were waiting to get his stitches, he was fine for the mm-hmm. most part. He just like just scared him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think it hurt pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> it probably probably hurt pretty bad too, but not like like he wasn't crying the whole time. Like he chilled out. Eventually. Yeah, I think what it was is on the way to the ER, I had like an ice pack and a yeah. paper towel, and I, I think that was making it worse. I think he was more annoyed than anything else. Yeah, he just wanted my hand to be away from it, but I didn't want him to touch it. Yeah. 
oh, that grosses me out <laughs> <laughs> to think about him touching it. Yeah, but it's fine, but it was scary, and, like, all three of us showed up to the ER, like, blood Covered all over in us. blood. Because, like, right after he fell, I just picked him up and grabbed him and, like, held him really close, because that's what I always do whenever he falls. And then Daniel, like, ran in because he heard what happened, and, uh... Jack like looked up and I saw that he was bleeding and I was like, oh no, this is bad. And then I saw the gash and I was like, oh my gosh, this is really bad. We have to go to the (laughs) ER. This is terrible. So yeah, it was a little shocking, but, and this mom guilt thing, it is really tough. I'm still dealing with it pretty hard. I know it was an accident. I know that it could happen to anyone. I know that he's fine and he was giggling and was totally himself today, but Oh, man. It sucks. It just sucks. Yeah. It's just but, really but sad. He's fine. He'll be okay. In a week, the stitches will be out. It'll be Everything mm-hmm. will be back to normal. Yeah. He'll be fine. And he was... He probably enjoyed going to the hospital because he got to watch TV, which he oh, doesn't he usually get so to do. Oh, he was so excited. We watched the, G- the Discovery Channel mm-hmm. with, with cows. There's a lot of cows on there. And so, horses. So he just said... They had to, like, strap him into this little... Papoose. Uh, a little straight jacket. That's so what they called it. They called it a papoose. It was a, it was a backboard with a straight jacket <laughs> attached to it. And so they strapped him in and just his little head was sticking out. And he was fine. He just sat there and mooed at the cows <laughs> while the, uh, the physician's assistant stitched him up. He actually like was smiling and laughing. Yeah. He thought it was great. <laughs> I know. Meanwhile, I'm like sitting there mortified, but oh. he was fine. He's, He's fine. fine. It was the best of a bad situation. It was. We're very thankful that we live, like, less than two miles away mm-hmm. from the ER. And I found out, I was talking to my coworkers, the Bryn Mawr ER is actually one of the best, especially for kids. Oh. And that she actually drives from Phoenixville to that one if she really? has to go to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is, like, a 30, 40-minute drive. Man, I'm really thankful then. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, so that was our night. So needless to say, like, by the time we got home and put Jack to bed and made ourselves dinner, we weren't really up for podcasting. I was so shaken. There's just no way I would have yeah. made any sense. I can't guarantee that I'm going to make sense tonight. But <laughs> but that's pretty much, you're going to take that gamble anytime. Yeah, pretty you much. You sit down to the microphone. You press play for halfway scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but everything is fine. We're all good. Jack's happy. He w- He went to the playground today. No big deal. Yeah. We just have to watch his band-aids. Yeah, he likes to pull off the band-aids and then eat them. So I went to get him from his nap today, and all that was left was the little square bandage. <laughs> and he was, like, playing with it. And I was like, oh, what is that? I'm like, oh, my, you ate it. You <laughs> ate the sticky. Crazy kid. Which we should have known, because he loves to eat stickers. I don't know why. <sighs> He's a baby. Well, I mean. <laughs> I, it doesn't make any sense. This is crazy. <laughs> Anywho, so please uh, pray for Jack to recover fully. That um, no infection. We, we are we're getting rid of that coffee table because it was we kind, are. Of, kind of a death trap. We're surprised he hasn't. If anyone is interested and has grown children <laughs> in a coffee table that is an industrial cart, yeah, it's one of those like factory cart coffee tables. Mm-hmm. So it's just we a ton of like it. screws and metal and wood. There's, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. That's another reason why the mom guilt is, like, really mm-hmm. sinking in. Because we've been saying we should get rid of it since Jack was born, so. Yep. Only 15 months later, we'll get around to it. I mean, 15 months of no accidents is pretty good. He did fine. And I think he would have hurt his head on any coffee table, but it, uh, didn't, it didn't help that it was, like, a sharp, sharp edge. 
Anyway. Anywho. That was a little... Yeah. You guys... We got, we got to, you know, they expect a podcast every Monday morning. So when we don't deliver, we have to, um, excuse, what? or they'll, they'll pull our funding. What? The, no. We don't have any funding. No. <laughs> I thought you were saying that if we're not going to podcast on the right day, we might as well just screw it all and just talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would you think that's what I was going to say? I thought you were going to make a joke. Oh, make boy. a joke. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But, so, uh, last week we talked about our experience at World Media Families. Mm -hmm. And one thing with last night's events and just in the past couple weeks, we've been thinking a lot about fatherhood and especially the things that we learned from World Media Families about Mm -hmm. fatherhood. And that was one of the things they kept uh, coming back to. I don't know if we mentioned that last week or not, but they talked a lot about fatherhood and the, the need for fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest thing that I took, like, about fatherhood that I took away was this one stat that, um, I think it was the Pop Jacks taught me, but then someone else taught you, too. Several people repeated it throughout yeah. the Congress. So I think it was either recently released or in, uh, maybe like a pre- Pre-conference, pre- yeah. meeting they discussed it, but. But so, if, if a woman, if the mother of a family converts to Christianity, or to Catholicism. Christianity. It said experience the conversion. Okay. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but if if the mother of a family con- experiences a conversion, how... You were clapping. You oh. You're right next to the microphone, so all your hand noises make a lot of noise. I don't think they mind. It's all right. Okay. I can see the spikes. <laughs> um... If a mother con- has a conversion experience, the likelihood of her children and family all practicing Catholics or, or that religion is 17% that likely to do that. Right. So if a mother converts first, the family has a, is seven, it is only a 17% likelihood that the family will follow. Yes. Sorry that was so hard for me to get out. But if the father converts... Is the first to convert. Is the first to convert. Same way as the mother. But if it was the father who is the first to convert, it there is a 93% chance that the, or the stats are 93% of the families where the father converted first uh, converted to that religion. Yeah. And were and, practicing right, like and, f- through their lives. Right. So you are much more likely... A family is much more likely to remain faithful if the father is a practicing Catholic. Or I mean, ninety three percent versus compared to seventeen percent. So that was that's pretty shocking. Yeah, like that disparity. You think you know you could kind of brush it off. If it were like twenty five to forty percent, but uh-huh. seventeen, which is pretty low. So that's like one in you know it's almost twenty percent. So one in five people, if one in five mothers converts, only one family is going to um, practice their faith. I was just trying to check your math, and I can't even do that. What? One out of five. One out of five is... Is 20%. Oh, so it's even less than that. Yeah. Yeah, which... Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't just say that. <laughs> <laughs> but if the fathers do, you you know, out of ten families, nine of them are going to be faithful. Which is just insane. And, like, at first I was a little offended by it. I was like, that's not really fair. Like, mothers don't... 
You don't even have a voice. Like, that's not whatever. But it just shows you how how influential right. the father it, is. It, it doesn't diminish the role of the mother. It highlights the uh, the role of the father, I think. Exactly. And I think um, this isn't supported by any facts, but I would be willing to bet that when the mother converts, there's it's often just the mother who practices her faith. Whereas if the father converts, the mother is also practicing. That would just be my guess. So that might not be right. That's what I think. I think I'm just trying like, to. I'm just trying to give the moms a an edge here. <laughs> give us something since we only have seventeen percent. That's true. Um, but when you really think about that and think of fathers and fatherhood, and you think of God, it kind of it kind of makes sense. It mm-hmm. starts fitting together. Um, in this past week, I've been reflecting on the role of God as father, especially at mass um, this weekend. I thought a lot about um, God as a father and what that means. And um, something I always like to remember, and I've mentioned it here in the podcast, is to remember that God is our model. So God isn't just the biggest love we can imagine. God is love, and our idea of love comes from God. So the same way with fatherhood, it's not like, God's like the world's best father like God is the father and men who have children get their fatherhood from God and he is the model of their fatherhood I let a couple of different um, speakers brought up the fact that the family is an icon mm-hmm. and an icon uh, not as like a just religious image or whatever you see in stained glass windows or whatever um but that an icon is a, like, looking glass to heaven. Like, you, like, look at an eyeglass to see heaven. Or look at the icon to see heaven. Mm-hmm. And so, one, that made uh, religious imagery and stained glasses, or stained glass and all of that. A little I have more. stained glasses. They're really hard <laughs> to drive with. I don't know why I use them. But that kind of, like, elevated those for me. But also, to think of the family as an icon of heaven that mm-hmm. like it's it is the picture of what the reality is in heaven right or it should be at least mm-hmm. so like what it's you're a saying, sign yeah yeah it's just like a i just really love to look at it like as an icon right yeah you know because that's what it is and that's how we perceive um grace and you know the sacraments are all these signs that point to us mm-hmm. spiritual sacramental reality that lies behind them that we don't have access to we can't take a big scoop of grace, you know, like we know that's there and we experience them and we understand them some through these signs. Yes. Um, but also like meditating on what, what fathers should be by looking at who God is. I've come to realize that God is as a father is creative, supportive, constant, faithful. Like he is, He's not what we think of when we think of fatherhood. Like our earthly ideal of fatherhood is it misses the mark in reflecting God's fatherhood because he stays with Israel throughout, you know, free through the Old Testament. It's basically a story of Israel running from God and God running after them and like giving them chance after chance. As a father, but also as a husband. Right. Like in the same, as a, when yeah. you're a father, you're also a husband. Right. Um, because he uses so much like marital 
mm-hmm. vocabulary in the Old Testament. It's beautiful to see that, like, husband equals father mm-hmm. in that. But, yeah, and what's kind of unique, no, I won't say unique because I don't know that much about ancient religions, but um, what is striking about uh, Israel's relationship with God is they're able to call him father. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a relationship you would think you would have with your gods. You yeah. Know, like, the Romans didn't call Zeus. You know, he, Zeus wasn't their father. Right. They but, didn't have, like, a personal right. connection with him. Um, so seeing that, that's what fathers should be. We shouldn't be, like, aloof and, like, only there for discipline. Like, we should be loving and creative. Like, we think of mothers as being, like, nurturing and, um, like, making life. And they do, and they have a very special role in that. But our God is also a father. And mm-hmm. He's a creative and loving God that loved the universe into existence. So that's what fathers should be. They should be the most loving, most caring, most supportive, most constant fathers they can be because that's who our father in heaven is. And he's necessary. I feel like we also fall into a lot of like fathers aren't really that important because the mother is able to give birth to the child and feed the child and, you know, do all of those things but like the father really is important in the in the life and the upbringing of the child or mm-hmm. children right really like it's it's more of like uh the spirit like the father kind of gives like the spirit or kind of gives like the um formation what's yeah. that word fortitude fortitude does that fit here sure <laughs> fortitude is like uh sticking with something like perseverance yeah and like having the strength to persevere so through a child's life the fortitude of the father is necessary it is necessary Mm -hmm. um well if someone's father dies when they're young it's not necessary it is ideal yes Mm -hmm. and you know that need is there Mm -hmm. so it's needed i was gonna think of a better word than needed but there was a good quote that I heard. I can't remember who it was during the meeting, but it was, uh, we focus on the ideal so that we can see it in the real. And it rhymes. So, you know, it's a good phrase. I know. <laughs> Catchy means good. Um, but yeah, so that's why, like, I don't mean ne- necessary because yeah, there are exceptions, but we, we do focus on the ideal so we can see it in the real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stole it for myself. okay all these quotes like your christian become who you are quote Uh i'm just so smart so smart pulling them out of air Uh um so since god is our father and that's sort of the proper relationship that we have um and also it's it's very difficult to say one thing about god because he's so encompassing you can say god is father but then god is also spouse Right. So it's that's what it's, I, yeah. I fell into earlier. I know. Yeah. Oh, I know. Um, I fell right for oh, it. Oh man. Right into his trap. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh God. You made me think. <laughs> <laughs> made me meditate. Um, but so there's this interconnectedness between our earthly fathers and our heavenly father, and so when one of those relationships isn't there, it's difficult to see the other. So if you don't know God as a father and you don't know your own father or you have a poor relationship with him it's very difficult to then uh accept love from another father does mm-hmm. that make sense like if you don't understand what a father is supposed to be you're not going to recognize what god the father is offering you right like i think a lot like uh our society right now kind of 
has a skewed view of fathers. Mm-hmm. And so they have a very, very skewed view of God. Right. Because they think that uh, fathers should just be disciplinary or aloof or like this whatever guy who's not really around Mm -hmm. but who only makes rules for you to follow that's a very very common uh viewpoint on god or if you know someone who has abandoned you like right i don't need anyone to tell me what to do because i'm fine because my father was never there for me growing up that kind of thing like exactly if we don't like if we understand if when we hear the word father we think of someone who's like unloving and harsh or absent or domineering or who isn't there for their mother like someone who's a bad guy then when we hear when someone says oh god is our father we just it may not even be conscious or subconscious we just know like i don't need a father yeah i don't have one why do i need one and i think that is pervasive throughout a lot of our society and i think it's kind of kind of like trite to say like oh someone's got daddy issues but it's really true Mm -hmm. like you can it's kind of not that everything about sort of psychology and psychoanalysis is totally 100% true but like I think understanding if you do not have a fatherly role model you will it will be more difficult for you to grasp the sort of reality of who we are as children of God the Father Mm -hmm. and that's like what I was saying earlier about the uh, not necessity because we talked about why it's not necessary but why the role of the father is so important because mm-hmm. it really it affects your perception of eternity mm-hmm. and I when I was at mass this weekend I was thinking about just kind of how like I hold Jack and like hold him close and I don't want to let him go and I want him to like snuggle in with me <laughs> and like if he would let what if he would only let you I know, for two I seconds. I know. If he would let me just sit there and cuddle with him all day, that's all I would do. Oh. And I need to, like, take a step back and think, I have a father in heaven who wants that. Yeah. Who wants to, like, console and embrace me. And that's it's really tricky for a lot of, I think, a lot of men to kind of come to that. Mm-hmm. To, like, understand, like, I have a desire to be embraced and loved. And I think people maybe take that as a as a feminine quality but everyone wants to be loved we've all been children we all have wanted to like hug our dad and our mom and like be held and be kept safe Mm -hmm. and i think um kind of learning to accept god's love as a father is very important it is i mean sometimes that's like the hardest part is to accept and to like it is very difficult to forgive yourself, to mm-hmm. open yourself up to that forgiveness, to be able to be loved as much as God loves us. But on the other hand, if you have a father in your life who's, you know, who's always there to offer that hug and always mm-hmm. there to um, do what's best for you, not let you do what you want, but truly know what's best for you and want you to be your best self and to be who you are created to be, then it just kind of clicks. Like, we, humans we on the grand scheme of things aren't that bright like (laughs) we need to understand something here on earth before we can kind of experience it in any other way so we need to like it helped i won't say we need to but we it helps immensely to understand something sensibly and tangibly yeah before you like with um math i was always with physics i love um mechanics better than like 
thermodynamics and even with uh, math I was always better at like geometry where I could like picture the things in my head mm -hmm. like okay there's a house it's this tall or it's this long by this wide and that's the area but when I got into like calculus where I couldn't really picture it in my head or like um, magnetism where like I can't picture that in my head I yeah. it's harder for me to understand the abstract concepts because I can't understand the concrete right aspects of it I never got to those math <laughs> <laughs> you, you never got to the part where you couldn't uh... no you didn't I remember you in high school because I'm a year older than Holly so I graduated for her in her senior year she didn't take calculus and I was like are you kidding me what slacking off no you take? no no I took pre-cal that's it yeah and you didn't take I didn't take a math my senior year because I didn't have to. I had four I took No, I did. I took, I took two maths my senior year. I took calculus and statistics. I know. I don't know why I you I got a four that. in the AP Oh, my gosh. You turned. And because of that, I did not have to take a math class in college. So I got to take all you kids out there listening. Oh, my gosh. Take or you go to art school and take math. <laughs> <laughs> math 100. For <laughs> <laughs> the first you day. You literally did number lines. First day, that. it was number lines. <laughs> and someone had a question. That's the thing that really gets uh, me is that someone had a question. Anyway, I did want to say before all of that, and everyone thinks... Oh, it wasn't math-related? And everyone understands how dumb I am. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I use a lot of math in my day, in my work Back day. in my day. <laughs> no, in my work, I do use a lot of math. Okay. Any, anyway, there was a point that you said that you have to... Oh, there's a, there's a passage in the Bible, too, where Christ is talking to his disciples, and they... It might be from the reading from this week where with the divorce, it's a question about like law mm -hmm. and Christ responds with, if you don't understand what's like creation here on earth, how will you understand heaven? Mm -hmm. Do you remember what? It sounds familiar. Like, yeah. The past couple. I can't couple remember. Weeks at mass. But um, yeah, if we've, he's given us this like picture that we can grasp. Mm -hmm. that we can like understand so that it can point us to heaven so that we can know what to look for in heaven and if we can't get this how will we get heaven it just doesn't add up it just doesn't match right uh and so that reiterates what you were saying yeah <laughs> close it up right but it, it also lets you kind of understand more of why why we're created the way that we are and why exactly. god gives us fathers and mothers because with and i was thinking about this just uh earlier today with saint joseph and um, Mary, Joseph isn't necessarily required, you know? Yeah. Like, Jesus would have been born if mm -hmm. Joseph, like, hightailed it for Egypt when he found out that, um... <laughs> if Mary he had divorced her, like, he was yeah. Um, so it's almost through necessity. I think this is why, part of the reason why fathers are such so needed and their impact is such a measurable effect is because mothers are there mm -hmm. they give birth to the child they're they almost cannot help but being there yeah they're kind of inseparable from the right. situation and i think when you look at um the blessed mother she you know through a self-emptying she she says i'm there for all of it and she's kind of committed right from the very beginning and i think that's sort of a very good model for motherhood like i am there no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, and I think because women have that physical attachment, like that physical reminder, like this child grew in your womb, this child nurse, you nurse this child, they are a part of you that it's easier for women to be like, oh yes, this is my child. Whereas right. fathers don't have that bond. 
it's easier for them to trick themselves into thinking there's no connection with mm-hmm. them. But um, what was St. Joseph, he, you know, for lack of a better term, didn't need to be there. But he does so without, you know, he has original sin. He is sinful. Mm-hmm. He has experienced sin, but he stays despite that. Yeah. So it's almost like fathers, not our like working against the grain or like have an uphill battle or anything. Um, but they have to trust more on non-physical things. Does that make sense? Uh, because they than don't a, have the physical re- right. reminder that the child came from them. They mm-hmm. have to like trust in more, uh, yeah, non-visual, non-physical yeah. things. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's why it's, you know, it's more common for a father to abandon their child than it is for a mother. Because mm-hmm. we, you know, just through through nature, and there's so much in nature that points us toward God mm-hmm. and towards the church and towards, like, this is what this is. Just look look at nature. This is how you see that. So right. mothers kind of have a special privilege in that they can't run from nature. Like, yeah, yeah like that baby grew in. inside you. And that's kind of like, it just reminds me about, of like labor mm-hmm. with babies. <laughs> oh, that kind of labor. <laughs> but that like, for me giving birth to Jack, like I had like adrenaline running and I was going for, I don't know, like 24 like hours. 270 hours I guess the labor was. <laughs> it was really long, but like I had adrenaline going and I had like hormones to keep me like up and, and active and mm-hmm. working hard. And uh, you didn't really have those. So, like, you kind of had to, like, push through. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of, I don't want to say, like, learned. You had to kind of, like, force yourself to to be in it with me. Right. Cause in there's... the same way with with parenting, you have to kind of, like, uh, I don't want to say force yourself. You have to make an effort. Make an effort. Yeah, for sure. Because you don't have the natural things. <laughs> Holly's just, like. Giving him fairy dust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have those things like built within you you have to Mm -hmm. like kind of uh take them from outside yeah um and i wanted to make a point with the that well with what you were saying earlier that when saint paul talks or what they're like super often quoted the oft quoted (laughs) super oft quoted (laughs) wives submit to your husbands if you actually look at that whole little like discourse there um he talks a lot about husbands and only a little bit about wives Mm -hmm. so he's like really harping on husbands right and like the reason for it is not because uh wives aren't important and like that it can't it shouldn't be taken as like a masochistic Mm -hmm. that's not right misogynistic (laughs) shouldn't be taken either (laughs) but misogynistic way then like reading that women are inferior and that women or men are more the fact is that women already knew what mm-hmm. saint paul was saying right that men have to be taught yeah. that you must love your wives like mm-hmm. wives already love their husbands and wives already submit and husbands don't really understand what that looks like and the point that who said that um dr timothy o'donnell the president of of Christendom College. Christendom College. He's the president of Christendom. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said that women, 
and wives don't have to be taught that because they're taught that through motherhood, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you were just saying. Yeah. And Dr. Timothy O'Donnell and he agrees. said it. So if you learned it from me, then <laughs> you know, just put put the two together. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, so fathers really have um, a big a big role to fill. And again, mm-hmm. it's not that if the men do it, then things will be right. It's we need to restore the complementarity that should exist. Yes. It should be a mother and father together. And when those things do happen, it is much more likely that that child is going to grow up knowing God's love and be open to that love in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think Dr. Scott Hahn at the Wilming of Families um, took this further and said, like, men you have an even greater responsibility for the new evangelization. Mm-hmm. And he kind of um, reiterated that the new evangelization um, is re-evangelizing people who already have been introduced to Christ. People kind right. of get that confused. They, think, they just think... It's like new, a new way. Or like new media evangelization. Yeah. evangelization. <laughs> <laughs> but what he says is that we have um, re-evangelizing de-Christianized... places and that the world has been um what was it catechized but not evangelized yep um and that's true like that's what the new evangelization is is to go back to these people who um are cultural catholics Mm -hmm. are they've been baptized they've been confirmed but they have no idea what no idea what that means yeah and so fathers kind of have like a front row seat because these children who you know there are probably a lot of fathers who just took their kids to get baptized, first communion, confirmation, that's it. So they've been received the sacraments, but they don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's in those families that that needs to be reversed. Mm-hmm. That in those families, fathers need to evangelize their kids and teach them um, who Jesus is, why and how they should love Jesus. Maybe. And then that's that goes out in to the world you know like if you if every faithful catholic couple was able to make sure all of their kids grew up to be catholic and like faithful catholics who live out their faith and evangelize like that's how you turn the tide against Mm -hmm. secularism and sort of the um the trend of people falling away from the church you almost said the exact quote from scott hahn during his talk that like if husbands and wives merely lived out the grace of the sacrament of marriage, then in 40 years we would have a Christian society. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, lest we, um, um, we shouldn't just take like these smart people's words for it. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, if Pope John Paul II said this, excuse me, Pope St. John Paul II, <laughs> you better say his whole name. <laughs> uh, said this, we should listen to it. Or if Scott Hahn said it, we should listen to it. If you just look at society, you know, there is a trend of fatherlessness, especially, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a big problem in the African-American community where fathers aren't stepping up. And that, you know, just if you look at socially, like sociologists will tell you, like when the father is not in the picture, kids are more likely to be involved in crime, not do well in school. Mm-hmm. Like it's just our nature to need both parents. And again, there are situations where a parent died. It's not possible for them right. to be two. And those are exceptions that we as a Christian community need to come together to help those people, to mm-hmm. help single parents. But we all we need to recognize the ideal. Right. Because we need to recognize what what that ideal is pointing towards. Right. What the reality of that is pointing towards. 
mm-hmm. and having sacramental homes. Uh, I was going to say that earlier that to, to sacram- bring the sacraments to bring the sacraments that like you're doing in church mm-hmm. home. You just need to sacramenta- sacramentalize mm-hmm. your home and make everything like a, a picture of the invisible God. Right. Um, but what I was yeah, saying earlier is that just in society, even if it's totally secular, we get everyone to like get on board saying, yes, fathers, you need to be there for your kids because those families will be living um, in closer conform- closer conformity with the way in which God designed us. Society will, will flourish and be better because we, that's, I think, something that's missed a lot that you don't. You don't want to cut Jesus out of the picture. That's that's wrong. That's incorrect. And that's not going to work. But if the more, even if someone doesn't understand or intellectually understand, this is what God wants me to do. The further someone lives out God's will in their life, the better their lives are going to be. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know anything about Jesus, you don't really know God, but you dedicate your life to being caring and serving others and, um, being there for your family you're you know because you're living closer to how god designed you to live your life is going to be more ordered because make more sense because he created us he knows what's best for us he knows so, so much better than us mm-hmm. and he has great things planned for us that's mm-hmm. where a lot of people get confused where they're like i don't need this old man to tell me or like in heaven to tell mm-hmm. me what to do but like he really has the best thing for you at heart. And he knows, he knows your heart. And he knows what gives it life. And he knows what gives it death. Mm-hmm. And he will lead you to life. And the more you resist that, the more you, you get led to death. Mm-hmm. And I should say, even, even if someone lives out sort of Christian ideals, I think it's very, very difficult to do that without, without the grace of the sacraments and like knowing it fully. Because it's kind of like you can um like you know the rule book but you're not really sure why you're following it like Mm -hmm. it just gets difficult so just so i'm clear like (laughs) someone can through living out god or living in closer conformity with god's will can experience the grace that comes from god that's given to all of us but to fully get it you need to sort of um you do need jesus you do need jesus yeah yeah. Just want to make that clear. Yeah, you can't take him out of the picture. Right. Or I just don't think that it makes sense without. without it doesn't, and it's not sustain sustainable. Mm-hmm. I was just saying that even no. on a secular level, if you look at society, when dad's not there, there's trouble. Right. Without a doubt. Or on the other side, when dad's there, things are better. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really cool. Doctor Timothy O'Donnell also uh, brought up the fact that Saint Augustine, uh, kind of reflecting on the fact. Dr. Timothy O'Donnell was reflecting on the fact that fathers really are very influential in the family and in society. So when St. Augustine was addressing his the fathers in the, his congregation at the church where he was at. <laughs> at the church where he was at. In Hippo. In Hippo. Um, he addressed them as fellow bishops. Which is, just like, let that sink in for a second. Yeah. Like... You are also called to be pastoral in the mm-hmm. same way that a, a bishop is called to be pastora, pastoral, but in your domestic church. Right, yeah. The Keyword, domest- domestic church. The domestic church needs pastors as well, and mm-hmm. that role kind of falls to the fathers. It does. Shepherds. We need mm-hmm. shepherds. 
Yeah. Um, kind of a closing image, something that kind of popped in my head at mass when I was trying to think of, um, and funny story, the reason I was able to concentrate and <laughs> meditate so well at mass is because we went, we ended up going to different, Holly and I went to different mass because Jack's sleep schedule was all messed up. Um, so we ended up going to different parishes than our usual parish at different times. But anyway, the parish where I was, um, the canter was really bad. And it was like, just, and the church is kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. So like rather than like, because I know if I let myself dwell on it, I will Daniel take grumbles my, a lot about I will take myself out of the situation and not be good. So instead, I kind of like closed my eyes and just meditated on, you know, fatherhood and on God the Father. Um, and I kept coming to the image of um, St. John the Apostle um, resting with his head on Jesus' chest. I think it's at the Last Supper, isn't mm-hmm. it? I think so. Um, and I think our immature society kind of just is like, oh, that's weird. Why is he laying his chest on his head? And there's all this. His head on his chest. His head on his chest. He said chest on his head. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um and if we don't really understand the context, we can think that's silly or weird, but this is God the Father. And John the Apostle, he's he's one of the youngest apostles. So if he's like 17 or 18 and Jesus is in his mid-30s, like, yeah, he's going to see him as a father figure. And he's going to understand that and get that. And it's, it must have been such a grace for St. John to be able to be embraced by his father. So the same thing I was thinking about that I need to remember that I have a father in heaven who loves me, who wants to embrace me and like hold me close. Like St. John recognized that and was like, this is my father. I'm, I'm leaning in for a hug cause he's my dad. And mm-hmm. it's just like such a beautiful thing to remember that we're all, we're all children of God. He is our father. He is loving. He, he's there for us. He's going to guide us where we need to go. And he's always kind of offering like a warm, loving embrace. Cause that's, that's who he is as a father, and that's who we need to be as fathers. Yes. I love that image. I think that's really sweet. I know. We should get... I always tell Holly to paint all these things for me, and she doesn't do it. I know. I'm just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. She does, yeah. Lunch, I wake watching up. watching TV. I'm like, what'd you paint today? She said, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like we would be a good team. Like, I could give you the ideas, and you could execute them. I know, you have great ideas. I just can't do it. I meant to, Aww. I was writing St. Joseph in my notes, and I wrote it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, sometimes, he just writes things I, wrong. Well, no, I put the, the words, I put the, um, the P backwards. I put the H before the P. St. <laughs> <laughs> <Saint> Joseph. <laughs> yeah, sometimes Daniel will look at me writing and just be like, wow, I can't believe that you, you didn't can... have to scribble anything out. <laughs> Anywho, um, let that image focus on the or meditate on that image if you have a chance mm-hmm. this week. Um, and you know, any fathers who are listening, um, know that you have a big role to play. But there's there's help and support within the church, within other fathers, but also and kind of ultimately from God the Father who wants you to succeed. And if He's given you a child, He wants you to be a successful father for that child. Mm-hmm. So don't you know ever despair. Like I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do it. And it is. It can be hard for fathers. Like, we don't have that innate bond, innate physical bond that mothers do from carrying the baby in their womb for nine months. But, what can um, I say? But yeah, it's really, it is the single most worthwhile thing you can do is to be there for your children and to um, put your, your treasure there, you know, because mm-hmm. where your 
treasure lies. What is it? Where your treasure lies, your heart will be also. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> We're full of good quotes today. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, that's all we have mm-hmm. today. Yeah, and if, for those of you uh, marking out, we um, did motherhood in June. <laughs> and we said, yeah, we'll do fatherhood soon. Uh, it's October. We finally got around to it. You know what, guys? It just takes us a little bit. It does. Yeah, we got lots of we got lots of ideas rolling around uh-huh. these big old brains of ours. Uh, big old brains. <laughs> uh, but um, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have... Uh, a topic or a question or any other feedback, uh, please let us know. You can email us at halfway saints podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at halfway underscore saints. And you can like us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You should like us on Facebook too. We only have a little bit of likers. We only got a little bit of likers. <laughs> we need more. We need more. So go like it. Tell a friend about it. Um, yeah, and also, share. Share, share it. Share. <laughs> um, this week they are starting the um, ordinary synod on the family. So keep yes. the um, the bishops and the cardinals and everyone there in your prayers and just um, pray that the Holy Spirit may guide their work. Um, and pray for your bishops always. They, I'm sure they appreciate prayers and they um, they are our pastors and our fathers here on earth and they um, they need our prayers because mm-hmm. it's a hard job too. And yeah, they're fathers too. Don't yeah. forget it. Don't, Don't forget you it. forget it. All right, we'll have a great week, and we will be back next week. Bye. Bye, everyone.